Welcome to Engaging and Empowering School Libraries, a podcast that aims to raise the profile of school libraries by talking about topics that are current across the education and teaching world. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts and school librarians, Ruth Maloney and Sabrina Cox. Tonight, we're going to be talking again about ChatGBT and what it means for school librarians. I want to welcome back Dominic Sunderland, head teacher of Capella School House School, who joined me a few weeks ago on my last podcast about ChatGBT, and my other two guests who have got up rather early to talk to us from Australia, Andrew Herft, um, a curriculum advisor, and Leon Furs, an educational consultant. So I think what we should do is by starting um, just to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your interest in, in chat GBT. Can I start with Andrew? You said something to me just before that was about, you know, AI has been around for a while and chat GBT has sort of exploded into the education world. Um, I suppose that's the angle I'm sort of thinking about this evening. So, so Tell me a little bit about your journey into ChatGBT, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I guess my perspective has always been from a teacher's, you know, perspective or a teacher's angle. I've I worked as a teacher for fifteen years. Uh, for the past six years, I was head of teaching and learning. And now I'm a curriculum advisor. So my interest in Chat, my interest in AI has always been, um, I guess, learning focused and teacher focused uh, in terms of saving time. Um, but because there is so much out there especially in the world of ai i've always been interested uh, but cautious because largely most of the ai um, either hasn't been comprehensive or broad enough for teacher accessibility um, and so i think there's been some incredible ai programs along the way but most of them are very niche in what they do um, and have only really been helpful for a small part of a teacher's role or for, for very specific teachers so i guess when chat gpt came along um it was broad enough to cater for a range of ideas years and jobs that are within a teacher's reach um and you know i think teachers really respond to prompting um to get close to what they might like so after a few experiments with it um i started to see the potential of how this one program could be used in schools to leverage learning it has been a fascinating um turn of events hasn't it i suppose it's is that you know one minute we're sort of using um uh, AI without really realizing it is sort of part of the background. One of the conversations I had with Dominic last time is the fact that, you know, we have been using AI for a while, but this seems a little bit different, doesn't it? This this seems usable and doable. And I and I think that that's the exciting bit. Um, Dominic, can I bring you in and just can you reintroduce yourself? Um, I hope you're well. <laughs> had a good couple of weeks at school. Um, but how's your journey with ChatBT? Chat GPT changed in the last couple of weeks since we spoke? Um, no, um, so I'm head of a special school in Southwest London. Um, and my background is uh, I teach computer science. So I suppose that's kind of why I always keep my eye on education and the tech space. Because I think, um, as I said previously, I think schools are notoriously quite far behind in technology and the way we teach technology and the way we use it. Um, how's it changed for me in the last few weeks? Uh, the biggest issue i think staff getting frustrated now with not being able to always access it it's been the biggest change yeah which is great that i've got my whole staff team on board but it, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to actually use it and that's for me a big worry is because people aren't, aren't able to access it and use it quickly they soon get bored and just resort back to their old ways 
Absolutely. I think that there's talk, isn't there, about making it behind uh, sort of a, a paid version, which would mean that people who have paid should be able to access it. But we'll see how that goes in the future, I suppose, uh, you know, uh, but you're right, the more you can't use it, the more frustrating and you'll just give up, won't you? So so there are hurdles yet to um, to still to still manage, aren't there? Um, and finally, Leon, um, again, somebody who's got a, some ridiculous hour in the morning to come and speak to us. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and your interest in chat GPT, please? Yeah, um, it sounds like my background is quite similar to Andrew's, actually. So I also taught for 15 years and uh, was a learning and teaching coordinator and head of English. Um, and I've always had a bit of a, an English and literature background. And then last year I started my PhD in uh, artificial intelligence and writing. Um, so AI education and a focus on writing instruction um, about two weeks before ChatGPT came out, which was either really good timing or really bad timing, depending yeah. on who you ask. And um, obviously, I'm, I'm quite invested now in that in that kind of uh, generative AI space. So really, my main interest is um, looking at how teachers and educators think of these technologies, what they understand about them. Um, um, I'm quite deep into some of the ethical concerns behind the technologies, but I'm also a big fan of using the technology. So just balancing that, um, you know, the, the incredible kind of usefulness um, against some of the, the really, um, really pretty problematic aspects of the industry. It's, um, you know, the ethical side of it is is something that really does interest us as school librarians or as librarians there's a real a real opportunity I think for for other professionals to to use their skill set that that can broaden the sense of what this this tool can do which I think is quite exciting now obviously tonight our discussion is about is is trying to sort of work out for those that are listening usually they're school librarians or people who are interested in in school libraries um I'm going to tap your knowledge in the fact that you, you know, um, work with teachers, you know and understand what um, their needs are. So is there a simple answer to ways that school librarians can help teachers and students use ChatGPT effectively, especially if teachers don't have time or haven't yet registered? So one of the problems for me is that I've been telling people how exciting it is and then they haven't been able to register. So that's a frustration. Um, is there anything that that school librarians could do in order to excite them or get them ready for, for what might be coming, do you think? Andrew, let's start with you. Yeah, I don't think we need to be too, um, or think too complicated about it, I guess. Um, like treat it like an, any other educational tool. Um, so there's two things that I immediately think of is you link to prior knowledge, uh, link to prior experience um, and, you know, um, show illustrations of practice. Um, I think the really nice thing with ChatGPT is that it provides a very quick before and after snapshot because it is just so quick. So um, finding things that tie in with, um, with, you know, subject specific work that teachers might know or um, pedagogy that teachers know. Um, and e even looking at, um, you know, particular meta language that 
um, is within the school context or, or that is being driven in the school context. Um, and then then just using that with chat GPT, you know, it is so accessible for it for it to develop a conversation around those protocols. Um, so it's quickly seeing before and after snapshots, showing clear illustrations of practice and seeing, I guess, what teachers and students are doing currently in in, in a new light and, and seeing how ChatGPT Chat connects the dots. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, treat, treat it like any other educational tool where you would link it to current processes and, and current language. Absolutely. Leon, what about um, the critical thinking side of, of ChatGPT? That, that, you know, obviously school librarians um, teach all sorts of different kinds of skills, um, research skills, and obviously critical thinking is, is a big part of that. Do you think ChatGPT is, is a tool that can be used within the classroom? Um, I think critically is, is the key word. Um, obviously, at the moment, it doesn't have that kind of that grand truth. You know, it doesn't have the, um, the backup there. There are other AI apps already, Perplexity and you and Google's got its own chatbot coming out soon that um, may have that kind of truth baked into them. But I think we still need to be critical of, you know, where, where the source information is coming from and what kind of information it's presenting and not just taking everything at face value. Um, Andrew, it's probably the same over the border in New South Wales, but we've got a huge teacher shortage in Australia and um, particularly we have no digital technologies teachers. So often our library staff are the technology experts in schools. Um, so, you know, you mentioned research skills. Often those kinds of research skills and academic integrity and things like that are delivered through courses within the library in, in many schools, um, in my experience in Australia, and I'm sure it's the same over there. So I think this is a, it's the perfect place to be delivering those kinds of skills and capabilities. Absolutely. It's a, it, it is it is it's trying to get that that um, taking that first step, isn't it? So so for a school librarian out there that's maybe not got onto it yet there's, there's that element of okay how do I deal with it what do I what do I do what does it do and I suppose it is just a, an exploration of of what you do and teach anyway just trying it out in a different technology in a different format which I think is quite exciting isn't it really mm -hmm. Definitely. um go on sorry no okay <laughs> um so what ways do you think school librarians can play um, in, in integrating ChatGPT into the curriculum and maximizing the potential benefits for students? Now, when I asked, when I wrote that question down, I wasn't necessarily aware of the fact that it's supposed to be for over 18s only, though, although we know, don't we, that, that under 18s are likely to be using it. What do you think, Dominic, is, is, the, is the best way for us to maximize the potential benefits for students um i think it's kind of what the other guy said that for me the most important thing is teaching students to be discerning with the information and it really use it as a tool to to help enhance the curriculum as it is because a good curriculum should be teaching people um, students to be critical thinkers to analyze information to challenge what's been said to them that that's that's been the, the the way since education first became part of a modern successful society and it's no different now and i think especially speaking from a uk standpoint um you guys probably got a similar situation the staff shortages the curriculum's already crammed and really really busy it's often competing for space and i think people like school librarians 
could they have a key role in making sure teachers have the the time or supporting teachers in, in teaching those critical thinking skills the challenging misinformation i'm talking about the limitations involved in it and just using it as a, a way of enhancing what's already there because i don't think it's actually anything different from what's in the curriculum it's just a different way of approaching it yeah so the so there was a lot of scary moments at the beginning of the year where people were talking about you know plagiarized essays and and that kind of thing and that those kind of conversations seems to seem to have they're still rumbling in the background but they're they're, they're not as as big as it was initially at the beginning of January and and I do like the fact that chat GBT isn't always right <laughs> it gives us the opportunity to point out and highlight the 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 problems that it does have but it's likely to get cleverer, isn't it? Do you think, Dominic? Um, <clears throat> I, cleverer, it's really difficult to describe like artificial intelligence as getting more clever or intelligent. <laughs> it's tricky, but I think it will get better, but I still think the misinformation will be there. Even um, but some of the best uses I've seen used by one of my teachers is an English teacher, and she used it to generate a piece of writing, and then the pupils actually looked at it collectively and were able to analyse it, and she didn't say it was generated by AI it was just looking at this piece of writing and then afterwards they just, just spoke about it being AI but it was just really interesting to see how to critically analyze something no matter if it's generated or not by AI and I think that will never go away even if it gets better and, and putting more answers it still only be as good as the information you put into it and again it comes back to that that, that skill of being able to question and to give it information to gain a response I think it's the key part for any AI tool absolutely so it's so it's remembering that that in order to get something out the human has to put something in in the first place and that is a thought process isn't it it's 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 that element that you know i i seem to remember and i think i might have said this in our last conversation dominic that actually um the that people were worried that robots were going to take over everybody's job and that those kind of conversations are happening again aren't they um and i think I think there are opportunities to be more creative potentially with something like AI. Do you agree there, Andrew? Yeah, this is all great. This is exactly what I've been um, hoping that, you know, um, you know, people, I guess, would would steer towards. But yeah, look, I think it's inaccuracy is it's is it's it's learning enhancer, you know, um, it forces everyone to think and if we we really um go down that route with students in terms of you know looking at it with a critical eye looking at everything it outputs with a critical eye then we're we're constantly in that space you know it's it's such a um a wonderful opportunity to um to to encourage students to constantly question to constantly look at validity to constantly look at relevance um it, it's just such an opportunity to keep students and teachers in that space um, and look, yeah, I love the idea of, of worked examples and, and deconstructing, um, you know, because I, I think as Sabrina said there, it's, it's about the skills, you know, um, it, you know, writing, if we look at, if we look at writing as an output of knowledge, then sure, you know, I'm sure ChatGPT could, could do, do it well, but, um, as we know, uh, writing is a skill and, you know, all the art of writing, everything is an art. Um, and so you can very easily build formative processes and and find personal voice within that. Now, ChatGPT can help us get there quicker, um, or maybe um, 
make us more creative in the decisions that we make and connect those dots quicker. Um, but still, we can still manage to keep um, developing the skills and, and the um, the art of our subjects. Um, so, yeah, no, for me, it's a really exciting space. And I think there is still an opportunity. Um, I had, you know, it, the, the output that it does, um, that it does provide us um, is still very straightforward. And I don't think students are, are sort of prompt savvy yet. Um, one of my friends uh, as a PDHPE teacher, um, he received a work sample from a student, which was, you know, very easy, I guess, to identify that it was artificial intelligence, mainly because uh, it was very shopping list, very, you know, factual statements, a short, short factual statements. Um, but mostly the teacher knew how that student wrote, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, both in the same sentence of like, yeah, AI is easy, is easy currently to, to um, identify. But if a teacher knows their students and how those students write through formative assessments and through tracking, then yeah, I, you know, it's, it's still going to um, be more of a conversation of how teachers are assessing rather than what chat GPT can do to, I guess, ruin those assessments. I think one of the things that I found, because I'm a blogger and, and you know, what one of the big things was, you know, you could get it to write your outline and then it writes your outline and then you think to yourself, OK, well, I, I need that little bit explained a little bit more. And what I found was it was very difficult to to then think to myself, I need to write this in my own words because it it sounded great. But actually, it's not my words and it's not me. And I almost had to, after reading it, put it to one side and, and actually start again on my own. But that in itself is this, you know, students have been, or we've been trying to teach students that for donkey's years, you know, they go onto the internet and they cut and paste something and they take it and it's, and it's, you know, so they still haven't quite worked out themselves how to, you know, rewrite something in their own words. So, you know, I think we have, skills that we do need to learn to teach better in order to be able to use it properly. Do you think that that's right, Dominic? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I was just thinking as um, Andrew and yourself were talking there, I think that one of the big, I think the, what it, how it can help revolutionise education almost is that it can change the way we look at assessing pupils because we're still stuck in the system where we ask exam questions. One of the, what I thought of straight away when you guys were talking there is the classic English literature one is where it asks a student to analyze an author's voice or to draw on that. And like using AI to do that <clears throat> can actually be a useful tool in helping it to understand more about author voice and maybe where author's voice is missing. But I just think it's it, it, can, it can just change the way we assess students and like assess what we're looking for because even for someone that goes on, by the time someone goes on to study like A-level literature or, or do their degree in English literature, they've already got their voice. Their voice is already developed. So you, you don't need to teach them the voice anymore. So again, it could be looking at how we are assessing a student's understanding of appreciating literature or analyze. It always comes back to analysis or um, perception or under the, how they interpret it. That, and that's where I can be really, really useful in teaching that the, those skills again. I think it always comes back to the analysis and the thinking is the key part of it all. Do you think that the, this new 
you know, prompt. I don't think the word prompt has been used so much in the last in the last six weeks or so as it's ever been used. And obviously, prompt now means something that you're going to write into ChatGPT. That in itself is a skill, because actually, the the initial question, like like Andrew was saying, the the student coming back with with something fairly basic. We we are going to have to, as school librarians and teachers, going to have to learn what the prompt and the next question is likely to be. And I think that's probably easier for a teacher within a subject because you are, you know, you're embedded into that subject and, and you know, in a classroom setting, presumably you would be going, you would be prompting your students to give you a better, fuller answer. Do you know, this skill of prompting is, is it based on, on, background knowledge is it based on what it gives you so therefore you need to think about how it's not quite created the what you're looking for properly I think there's there's a big conversation to be had around about prompting Andrew what do you think I you know what do you reckon about the prompting yeah so again I think um this is just such an opportunity you know the, the one thing that we want to do in education is to get students to to ask questions of themselves to to be great questioners um and so this forces that hand you know if they want great information or if they want you know um i guess a shortcut or whatever um they need to become better questioners um and so this flexes or, or this trains that muscle um you know i'm always encouraging students to ask questions and become better questioners um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what is a prompt? A prompt is essentially a question, right? So um, developing that skill of questioning, um, I think, yeah, is a real opportunity and, and you know, something that we can really um, make a significant part of the conversation when students learn and especially, you know, use this tool in ChatGPT. So, yeah, regardless of prompting, I think it's more about being better questioners um, and understanding what makes up a question um, and then how that can relate to their needs. Absolutely. Perfect. And, and, and as far as school librarians is concerned, questioning is a great one. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, Dominic, can I bring you back in? Yeah, so Sabrina made a comment there about Google and, and students not being that skilled at using Google. And I think actually it comes back like what Andrew was just saying about questioning there is that Google has kind of muted or limited some students' questioning skills because Google, by default, you can just type in a string of words or two or three words and get a response. So students now, that's a shortcut for getting the answer. Whereas AI, chat, GBT, mid-journey, you have to be more refined in your the, your questioning. So again, it comes back to the, the skill of questioning. Teachers, we're going to have to be, and librarians are really going to have to be really explicit in teaching, teaching people the different types of questions. Again, something that probably is more apparent in humanities and subjects like that. But again, it's, it, all subjects are going to have to be really skilled at teaching the skill of questioning I, fact, I, I can see questioning becoming a big part of the curriculum again and I, I'm very proud to say that not not too long ago I did a did a training webinar training session on creating a good question so you know I'm obviously in the right direction <laughs> we need to make sure that we that we pull that together though and include so so when I when I'm thinking about questioning I'm thinking about the fact that we are creating an inquiry that is you know and and unless you have that brilliant question at the top of it it then means that 
you know the responses you get from the students and their questions is generally poorer so so I think this to have a tool that actually allows you to enhance your questioning is is quite crucial one of the things though that you said um is that is that you know if we talk about the fact that you know students who don't all have access to the internet at home um and from diverse backgrounds obviously we need to be able to let them use ChatGPT within a school environment if they can't do it from home. Um, is there any way that we can we can make this? I don't think we can actually. I'm asking the question and I'm asking it about the fact that you know students at home who don't have access to the internet are in a difficult position anyway. Do you think that that's enhanced by the fact that ChatGPT is on the is on the scene? Um, can I bring Leon into that? Hello, welcome back. <laughs> um, and you just mentioned access to the internet. And um, I, I live on a, on a farm, so I'm in rural southwest Victoria. And uh, we're on a satellite broadband connection. We just had a little brownout then, a bit, bit of a power cut. Um, so that killed all of the internet because we have no mobile phone service out here. And it's the same for a lot of our students. Um, so during lockdown, and we had extensive lockdowns here in Victoria, um, we had swathes of students out in the regional areas who just couldn't access a, a stable internet connection. Um, so, you know, Victoria has been the next state to um, to block ChatGPT in schools, in, uh, in state schools. So the independent schools and the Catholic schools still have it unblocked. So there's definitely a, an equity of, of access issue there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you mentioned the terms and conditions problem earlier, Elizabeth, and I think that's uh, that's being used as as the defining point in the argument for a lot of the sectors at the moment. Um, but uh, look, these technologies, they'll be integrated into office products, integrated into Bing, Google, as you've, uh, I think, just mentioned, is going to bring its own chatbot out probably within the next couple of weeks. Um, I think they're due to do an announcement at some point today, California time. And, um, you know, th th there will be no blocking it in schools. So I think it's um, it's really imperative on educators uh, across the board to help bring these technologies in with that critical mindset, with that ethical mindset, because students will be using them. You know, so whether, whether ChatGPT is blocked in schools at the moment or whether students have uh, problematic internet access outside of school, um, I think it, it's kind of on us to make sure that we're using these technologies properly in schools. Yeah, and, and the chances are... If if businesses are not using it already, they will be. So we need to make sure that our students are fair enough with it to be able to be going into whatever business it is and uh, and be able to to manage it. Um, funnily enough, my uh, youngest son is working in a in a creative company and and they're not sure about it they're quite nervous about it and and you know I think I think there's there's several there's going to be different bands isn't there there's going to be people that are already hot on it and, and already using it and and are making great headway and, and others that are more traditional are going to go no we're not going to do it that way um do you know I, I think how you know how long do you think it will be before it is commonplace for AI to be used within a work environment um, 
beyond obviously education. Andrew, what do you think? Is it some is it something that's already out there? Am I, you know, is my uh, understanding of what is happening out in the business world wrong, or or, or is my son's um, uh, experience with it right? Do you think? Uh, that's a hard question. It's a hard question. Look, I think as um, you know, as we know, with any technology um, or the technology industry, it's it's exponential. So um, I think you know, as, as Leon, Leon was saying, it's it's going to form part of our world very quickly with with a lot of the major tech companies taking it on board. Um, but in terms of um, uptake, it's it's really about accessibility, um, and it's really about um, you know experimenting and and you know mass amount of users starting to get on board with it because we won't really know its potential until we have a lot of people using it really um you know in terms of the education world um you know it's still in its infancy you know it's only we've only really had two or three months um yeah. with it which is outstanding really like that we've had such onboarding um, or that chat GP has had such an onboarding. Um, so yeah, I think in six months time, we might not even be talking about chat GPT, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there'll be, you know, and, you know, as Leanne was saying, you know, other iterations of, of, of this type of technology, but um, yeah, no, I, I for sure think that, you know, it's going to be part of a, of a, of a person's world as they leave the school environment. Um, I think it has so many benefits to um, to businesses and to the economy. So, yeah, I think you know it's it's definitely going to be part of it. When that happens, who's to know? But I do know that technology is exponential. So perhaps sooner rather than later. Absolutely. So, Dominic, let me bring you back in. If we're talking about um, you know teachers using it and teaching with it, um, are you? currently seeing ChatGPT on any lesson plans or or is it is this is it still a step away from that um not really seeing on lesson plans but that may be more to do with our school we're not i'm not big on just getting people to plan for planning's sake nope. but i'm definitely seeing um more use of questioning and, and, and again teachers be more creative in thinking how they approach a subject so using it for prompts how they teach a prompt um <clears throat> in science for example there's been some really good use of it i've seen with how teachers are actually asking the question, seeing what response they're getting, and then modeling that sort of like as a shared or a guided learning experience for pupils. I think the biggest thing I've seen is teachers using it to cut down on their admin tasks rather than just curriculum based things. And again, I think that's really important, particularly in the UK for teaching recruitment issues and well being being a priority. I think it can be a great tool to support um, teachers' workload. And work-life balance because actually you can if it can if you can automate lots of your processes because in schools we do spend a lot of time on admin heavy tasks it can really help <clears throat> but no not on lesson plans as such as yet but i'm definitely seeing it um used by teachers to be creative in their lessons a good example again in science was uh they asked chat gpt to give them a practical activity based on teaching chromosomes and it came with a great task using paper clips and the teacher's like i've never thought of that i've never heard of this so it goes, it's got lots and lots of potential there. So I think, again, it, it's the word in the staff room spreads better than just having it added onto a lesson plan. And do you think that generally speaking that that it is, you know, teachers are, are accepting it positively? Yeah, definitely. Anything that can reduce workload or <laughs> give them ideas when they're tired at the end of the day or 
suddenly got to cover a lesson and they can just type something in and then get something a response back even if the quality may not be great or they may not have the time to critically analyze it i think they're going to be happy with that absolutely so so how should schools that aren't convinced so we do you know we do have schools that are uh, are blocking it um not in the uk yet i don't think um but if if schools are unsure what do you think um we should be saying to them to try and convince them to to embrace it in a positive manner despite its inaccuracies but maybe it's the inaccuracies that are a positive thing what do you think leon um yeah i think that we need to like reframe in Australia that conversation around banning and blocking. I mean that you know there is an argument for for uh, putting the brakes on a technology that that is such an unknown um, and that is developing so rapidly. That, you know, using that eighteen-year-old terms and conditions is, is probably a little bit of a um, bit of a cop out, <laughs> a bit of a cop out. But um, I, I think if if schools are going to be wary of the technology, they they need to be still. Uh, comfortable with grappling with it and its implications um you know i don't i don't want to be kind of techno deterministic and say oh it's going to take over the world and it's inevitable and we can't stop this from happening but the technology is already here and it's already being used in industry sort of coming back to your question earlier you know it's it's massively in use across marketing across copywriting across you know any industries which are already fairly text heavy and uh, I, I think from that point of view, we need to acknowledge that it's um, it's here and our students are either already using it or they will be using it very soon. Um, the other thing is once this um, this generative AI is integrated into Office products and Google products, we'll stop calling it AI and it will just be part of the furniture. So, you know, it's um, again, without wanting to sound too deterministic about it, it's coming. Um, and I think for, for schools who are, are leery of bringing it into their curriculums, we, we just need an acceptance of the fact that this is just one of those things that we need to teach students about. Absolutely. Ruth's got a hand up. Do you want to come in and ask a question? Hi. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I this may have been covered. I had to go out and lost you all and, and uh, come back, but it seems like it might be on a point to address it otherwise. I'm interested in thinking about how this kind of technology is actually going to change the way we try and educate our children. I don't know what your exams are like in Australia, but I would imagine they're quite similar to ours and very memory based and, um, you know, reliant on the students learning facts. And it seems to me that while I've long thought that that was deeply outdated, this is a time at which we might be forced as a society to really rethink the way we educate children. I know this is like way beyond the librarian's remit, but actually it's, you know, it's kind of playing into what we as librarians do. And that uh, the idea that learning is about inquiry and about thinking rather than about absorbing knowledge. And ChatGPT is, the embodiment of that technologically and it feels to me as though it's doing something for us Elizabeth that we have to do for years and years I'm just interested to hear whether you three think that it really has that potential to change our education system that fundamentally let's go with Dominic yeah um I definitely think it does I think this is the 
going to be a kind of a watershed moment. And like I was saying to the guys earlier that our exam system, I agree, is totally outdated. It's not uh, assessing our pupils for the right skills, definitely not for the modern world. And I think if schools can adopt it early and I think it's inevitable that we will have to adopt it, but I think it's a real chance that we can teachers and head teachers. We often say that we want change, but we're not happy with the curriculum. It needs refreshing, and this is the chance to, to kind of grab it and and to start the process. Absolutely. What about Andrew? What do you think? Yeah, it's it's part of the conversation of us shifting from knowledge to skills, you know, um, and being able to wield tools to to um, be able to get to where we need to. So yeah, for sure, I think it's a, a really great opportunity um to actually enact change yeah i think a lot of teachers and educators have been um i guess quite well quietly some not so quietly about the about you know how we assess um and and you know rightly so so i think finally there's there's something that can really propel that conversation around what we're actually assessing and what we actually want to um, find out about a student's learning it's interesting because in um uh, australia inquiry-based learning is quite is, is is more common, I think, than in the UK. Um, would you say that that because of that, they're probably a little bit ahead? Um, I mean, in terms of of using AI, and maybe not so. Um, but in terms of you know, um, yeah, inquiry based learning, project based learning, um, and definitely, you know, the conversation has uh, around formative assessment has has been much more pertinent in in um, I guess New South Wales education at least so yeah I, I think you know we're, we've always been traveling towards this idea of formative um, and yeah I guess this is just going to propel that conversation and really get us to consider what you know what summative assessments we really want to have at the end of years. Absolutely it, it is going to be a fascinating journey one of the things that Dominic and I were discussing the last time was the fact that um any new technology that comes into school, there's a usually a big burst of let's all use it and, and very little training and very little um, opportunity to learn. And, and um, in our last discussion, it feels like ChatGPT is slightly different from other technologies in the fact that it's not an iPad that you have to learn how to point and, and use apps and things. It, it, it's one thing. Do you think because of that, it, it is gonna it is going to make greater inroads? Leon, what do you think? Um, yeah, look, there's a really low bar to entry with, with Chat GPT. You know, it's so easy to to start getting in and playing around. And already I've seen so much professional development. I mean, I in my, with my consultant hat on when I'm not being a student, um, I'm I'm running heaps of professional development in schools that are just kind of tapping me on the shoulder thing. Hey, can you just come in and show us just for half an hour how to how to drive this thing? And then once you show people, it's it, they're away. Um, you know, uh, I'm really keeping a close eye on what's happening over the border in South Australia because they are really leading the way um, here in, in terms of the states. They haven't blocked it in that state. And um, the universities there are really romping away with this. So they're running this, you know, huge four hour long seminar on the weekend for um, for teachers and educators from secondary through to tertiary, just really kind of churning out um, materials and resources and help. And it's now expanding beyond ChatGPT. So whilst there will be a little bit of ChatGPT in that um, weekend seminar, it's there's a lot of things in there around image generation, generative AI more broadly other forms of AI um, and, and, you know, a mixture of 
uh, how to adopt the technology and how to be critical. Um, there's there's a, an academic over here, Neil Selwyn, who writes a lot about technologies, and um, you know he's often expresses his disappointment with edtech, which is I think something that we we all feel. Um, you know there is that big rush to adopt in education when there's a when there's a new technology that might help with, as Dominic said earlier, the workload or those kinds of issues. And when we had remote learning, there was this huge influx of edtech. Um, and often it just it falls a bit flat, you know, it doesn't do exactly what we want it to do, or it's got too hard a learning curve, it's hard to adopt. Um, this feels like something totally different. And one thing that um, Neil Selwyn says, which I agree with, is that with AI, teachers really, we need to grab a hold of this and we need to make it our own. You know, we can't afford to let the ed tech companies kind of tell us how to use it or tell us what to do with it or develop apps for us we need to be the ones driving this um, this kind of new round of technology. Do you think then that it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think if there had been previous um, training on, on AI for education, there wouldn't, and I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but there wouldn't necessarily have been such an interest. But because ChatGPT has, has become such a big thing, that actually we can now have broader conversations about how AI can be used within education. Do you think that ChatGPT has enabled that to happen? Andrew? Yeah, I do. Okay, Leo, go on then. Yeah, go on then. No, no. Oh, no look, I, I was just, uh, I think Dominic said earlier that ChatGPT is a bit of a, a watershed moment or that this this conversation around AI is the watershed. Um, and I would definitely agree with that. You know, the, just the narrative in the media around ChatGPT has, uh, it's it's something else entirely. Yeah. Andrew, do you want to come in and just, what do you think? Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. You know, um, as as Leon said before, it's it's such a low bar of accessibility. You know, um, you can you can start you know, very basic and then start to build on those on those prompts really easily to get something close to what you want. Um, I think in terms of, um, you know, if if AI was more in the conversation before, um, it, it's hard because AI was so built into the programs that we were using that it wasn't really a seen thing. And if it was a seen thing, then it was very niche and very particular. Um, so, yeah, I think ChatGPT very much is, ha has the, the breadth, um, and a little bit of the depth that we need um, as teachers specifically to hone in on the skills that we want to develop. Absolutely, absolutely. So if we are talking to groups of school librarians here, what would be um, what would be the main skill that you think? I think already we've talked about questions, haven't we? Is that what you think is the main thing that that we should be be looking at? I'm going to bring Dominic in first. Um, yeah, I think uh, the questions is one of the main skills. What I was going to say there is like what the point Andrew made. I think AI has been around for a while, but it's been there by stealth. It's just kind of been integrated into how we use things. So um, spell checks and <clears throat> um, predictive text or smart compose. But what I think, linking back to your question, Elizabeth, is for librarians, I think, is use it as a way to engage and excite. And that's the reason why there's such a zeitgeist around it at the moment is because it's exciting and people are really hooked onto it. And it's the same way we would do for any lesson we teach the students. We want them engaged and hooked and excited about the learning. And I think that's something that librarians can really do is 
really showcase it and not shy away from it and just really go headlong into it and make it fun and say, wow, have you seen what this can do? This is amazing. And just really capitalize on that. It's about it's about that time factor, isn't it? Is that is that possibly a teacher doesn't have the time to to find time to play with it, I suppose, is is the is is the opportunity for the school librarian um you know having been able to tell a few teachers that it, it can help generate lesson plans has put a few smiles on people's faces you know and and it's that kind of thing isn't it um i do think we have an opportunity um to ensure that collaboration between teachers and school librarians is a priority with something like this and and i'm really excited about where it might lead and might go um i'm gonna bring this conversation to a stop i've noticed that it's nearly 10 to 8 um so i just want to want to um before i ask my last question i'm just going to take my opportunity to promote my membership to any schools who are looking for ways to boost independent learning literacy and well-being through your school library if you're not sure how to make this happen my membership program offers training and support for school librarians and teachers and creates opportunities to engage across the curriculum you can find out more in the um, information in the link in the show notes below so i want to finish with one last question for all of you um what would be uh, we almost touched on it with Dominic before I did my promotion, but what would be your message to any school librarian listening who hasn't yet started on their ChatGPT adventure um, to get them going, rushing off to sign up? What would you say, Leo? Leo. Um, just just get in and uh, and start seeing what it can do. You know, I think that I think Andrew mentioned this earlier, but. It's uh, it's such a quick turnaround on typing in the prompt to seeing the results that I'm yet to see um, anyone who's genuinely got in there, tried it, played around, who hasn't been suitably impressed with the technology. So it is an impressive technology, sometimes scarily so. Um, and I think if you haven't signed up yet, you uh, you should really just have a crack. Thank you. And what about you, Andrew? What would you say? Yeah, have a crack. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's, you just really won't know the extent of how it can help you or save time or enhance learning until you actually try it for yourself. So you know, you can have people showing you the before and after illustrations, you know, till the cows come home. But until you try it yourself and apply it to your own context, you won't really know. Um, so yeah, it, it's really all about starting um and you know that, that's up to school leaders to provide some professional support around that and provide time in schools because you know if, if they feel like it's, it is genuinely going to save time for their teachers and enhance learning then it you know deserves time for their teachers to to play around with it so um you know um yeah it's, it's very much about giving it a go um and seeing how it can suit your context and your needs perfect thank you and dominic do you have a final word to say uh, yeah, I think exactly. So get, get stuck in, but in a, in a practical sense, it's kind of what I said to teachers, but I said to librarians too, is take one thing off your to-do list, look at your to-do list and try one thing in ChatGPT and then see how that works. Because I think if you can do that and you can then see yourself that it saved you a bit of time, you're not going to look back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what I'm going to take from tonight's um, chat is the fact that I need to to include ChatGPT or AI into my next creating a good question <laughs> session that I do because I think it's certainly something that we need to make sure that we 
including our sessions more um, going forward, um, regardless of what it is that we're we're trying to to teach or train, because I think it's it's going to be part of it. It's going to be out there. Is it is out there, isn't it? So thank you so much for giving me your time tonight, Andrew, Dominic, and Leon. It's really been interesting to chat with you. I hope that we have managed to persuade some people that ChatGPT and AI is not that scary after all, and it can be worth exploring. Don't forget to, to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on future discussions. Thank you for listening and good night.